Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Our scripture this morning is taken from the letter to the Hebrews, the 11th chapter, the 29th verse through the first two verses of chapter 12. If you're following along in your pew Bible, you can find that passage on page 978, Hebrews 11:29 through 12:2. Listen to the word of God. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as if it were dry land. But when the Egyptians attempted to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had received the spies in peace. And what more should I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, Jephthah, of David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured, refusing to accept release in order to obtain a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. Yet all these, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better so that they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Father, sanctify us in thy truth. Thy word is truth. Amen. Well, you've heard Allie say it's All Saints Day. We've only been celebrating this since about the 4th century. And somewhere they set aside November 1st as the day on the calendar to celebrate a solemn occasion. And this Sunday closest to November 1st is when that happens for us each year. But have you ever wondered how it is that somebody gets to be a saint? I mean... What in the world does any of this have to do with Halloween? 
Hopefully we'll get some answers to some of that before we go. Well, on this day, we, do, we gather to honor the saints of the church, and we hallow them. Hallow. You know, the Lord's Prayer, it says, and hallowed be thy name. It's, it's honor, honor to your name. And so, November 1st is also considered in the church the Feast of All Hallows, the feast where we honor and hallow others. So, October 31st, the day before uh, All Saints Day, is All Hallows Eve. Is that starting to sound like an upcoming holiday that's tied to graveyards and spooky things? That's how it gets tied in. Well, the Protestant church, as you know, doesn't recognize saints as the same way as our Catholic neighbors. They, they respect a tradition of officially setting aside persons for sainthood who meet a certain criteria. Well, instead, the Protestant tradition leans on the scriptures that refer to potential sainthood for all believers. But like in the book of Romans where it says... To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace. So on this year, each each Sunday this time of year, we lift our hearts in thanksgiving that some of those Baptist saints lived among us, walked these halls, sat in these pews. We heard the names read. We reflected on the legacy of those whose whose sainthood brushed up against us, blessed us, made a difference in our lives. They're now in the stands. That's the image we're looking at today. They're in the stands cheering for us. And so today I'm starting a new tradition Last year on this Sunday, some of you might remember, I preached this very same text on this day, and I plan to do so each uh, All Saints Day going forward. Because I so much love the beautiful visual of these departed saints up in the stands cheering us on, and an annual reminder that they're up there cheering for us won't hurt us at all. Ironically, when this was first written to uh, the Jewish Christian church, it was to address the Christians who were discouraged and demoralized. So, take just a minute and try to imagine a time when Christians could be discouraged and demoralized. See if you can get inside. It might help you appreciate the text a little more. It was also at a time when the Christian church felt like outsiders in the rest of the culture. I know that's a little bit of a leap too, but try to get there if you can. And within Judaism, they felt political pressure from the religious establishment. So in other words, this crowd got strange looks everywhere they went. They tried to talk to their work colleagues about Jesus being at the center of their life, and their whole life was reoriented around the Christ. And the work colleagues would just look at them and roll their eyes like, you have absolutely lost it. Relatives were treating them funny. They had left 
what they knew to be Judaism and following this carpenter guy. Longtime friends. They'd sit together at lunch and just say, how is it you can just give away your money and all your earthly goods to a cause that's, I mean, it's just so hard to explain. We, we don't understand you at all. So it was beginning to feel like a long season of despair for the Christian community. And the author of Hebrews wrote this to remind them they are not alone. Discouragement is not new. There is a long list of saints who went before, they were discouraged too, they were unsure what the future looked like, and they found the energy to just keep going, to keep the faith, to keep trusting the God who does not abandon us, the God who is always faithful. And then the author filled their imagination with this fabulous image of a sports arena hosting a race. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Others of you who are sports fans know that there is a a statistical advantage when you're playing in your own arena or your own stadium, right? You're going to be favored more if you have home field advantage because there is something real. There's some real energy that happens when the people in the stands are cheering for you. And you can't help but get a smile and a second wind and some new energy When you look up and all the colors that are being worn are your colors, the people are cheering your name, and it just re-energizes everything. And the author of Hebrews is telling this discouraged group of church folk, they are up there, they're cheering for you. It's a great cloud of witnesses, and those who are in the stands are cheering like crazy. And, this is surprising, some of the ones you'd be surprised to know we're up there. Start off by saying, Rahab the prostitute's one of them. She made the list and got called by name. And Gideon, you remember his story? He was at a time when it mattered. He was down on the threshing floor doing women's work. Barak, the military commander, Samson, the warrior judge whose strength was in his hair. Jephthah, the six-year judge over Israel. David, the child hero with a slingshot who became a naughty king and an Israelite hero. And Samuel, who was instrumental in establishing Israel's monarchy, who anointed Israel's first king. All of them, the writer of Hebrews said, they're all up there. They're all in the stands. Still, an imperfect every one of them. And the, 30 list, the list of 32nd pot saints I read were imperfect too. But they stand in the line of faith, trusting and believing and inspiring. Hebrews does not brush past Rahab's occupation. They include a few scoundrels on the list, but their saints and our saints 
all tried to live by faith. They offered their personal stories up into God's redemptive story. And they tried their best to live their life by faith and trusting the God who was faithful to them as well. And the writer says they didn't all receive what they were promised. Not everything worked out for them, but by God's grace, quote, God had provided something better. What the Christian faith promises for the, name of, for the 30 names I read is that their faith has become sight. And we grieve their absence and celebrate the eternal victory of the resurrection. Our Christian loved ones are in the shining presence of God's eternal love. Our faith assures us that there is life abundant on the other side of the veil. But the writer of Hebrews says they're also up in the stands too. If you look out into the bleachers with your holy imagination, you can see them cheering. A great cloud of witnesses. They're encouraging us to run with perseverance the race that is so set before us and so hard. I know, says the the writer of Hebrews, life is hard. It feels like a foot race sometimes. Like you've got no more energy, like you've got nothing left to give, like you could not go one more step. You're tired. You're tired of demands and relationships and finances and let's be honest, sometimes church. You're tired of COVID and decline and diagnosis and tired of doing right and tired of giving away stuff and being generous and serving others and tired of bearing witness and tired of tending and going to doctors and taking other people to doctors, tired of teaching Sunday school and singing in the choir and serving on committees. And sometimes this life we've chosen together feels like an exhausting race. You're going to love the word, the Greek word in this passage. The word for a rigorous sporting event, it's called an agon. (laughs) It's where we get the word agony, agonize. I mean, life is an ethical struggle. A virtue is hard. One more day, the race is agon. How are you, you going to keep running? How will you be encouraged to take one more step, especially when our year has been marked by so much loss and grief? And the original Hebrews audience was discouraged with little left in the tank to give. And this pastor, writer, cheerleader starts fueling their imaginations and says, look up in the stands and look who's cheering for you. They're calling out your name. They're pulling for you by name. There's Rahab with her sordid past. She's cheering for you to move past your history and finish strong. You can do this, she says. And Gideon with his threshing hook and Barak with his military sword and Samson, he's easy to spot because he's the real big guy with the long hair. 
He's calling out your name. Jephthah with his judge's gavel over his head. He turns around and on the back of his jersey, it's got your name on the back. David holding up his slingshot every time you walk, make another lap. And every time you make another lap, Samuel is trying to sling oil on you to remind you that you're part of the blessing. And then, since then, all kind of other imperfect heroes joined them up there in the stands. Martin Luther's there, black robe, hammer, theses in his hand. And Lottie Moon in her Chinese dress. And she's, she's hooping up a storm. Martin Luther King Jr., he's waving a newspaper that he wrote on while he was in a jail in Birmingham. They're cheering. And they endured stuff, too. Don't look past what they endured. And they found the energy to keep running the race before them. And they are cheering for us to not get discouraged and keep on keeping on. And the second Ponce enters this next phase of church life, this unsure post-COVID world. We need their encouragement. Because attendance is down and engagement is low and it's hard to find the energy to just keep running. And our feet are tired and we're ready to quit. And then, and then we look up there in the stands and up there somewhere near Samuel and Rahab and the, right in the row behind Lottie and Martin, our saints are looking down too. They're, in there, they're up there with them. Sonny Ellis with an LSU golf hat and a putter over his head, cheering like crazy. Betty Sanders with a paintbrush, whooping and carrying on. And Bill Dukes, you can hear his bass voice and laughter over the roar of all the rest in the stands. Dan Barker's easy to see because he's taller than the rest of them, got his bow tie on. Joe Atchison and Jerry Goldsmith are wearing Georgia Tech jerseys, but they're still cheering for you. I've known few better cheerleaders in my life than Jerry. Bill Reed's not as loud as the others, but just seeing him in the stands reminds you of what a long, faithful race can look like. They're in the stands, all of them. All the imperfect men and women who live by faith. And Hebrews gives us a roll call of what they did on our behalf. By faith they passed through the Red Sea. By faith they bought this corner at Peachtree and East Wesley. By faith they sat in meetings and planned mission trips and changed lives. By faith, they sacrificed some temporary pleasure to pay off the debt on this building. By faith, they left some of their estate to the church so their legacy would continue. By faith, they prepared Sunday school lessons and rocked our children in the nursery, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And the best way for us to honor the legacy of the saints whose memories we grieve is to hear their 
cheers from the grandstand and find the energy to go one more lap. To give our very best effort to the cause of Christ in this place, we honor our saints by aspiring to become one. Consider that, that in our Protestant tradition, you could be a saint. Go one more lap. Inspired by these lives and legacies, live and give in such a way that later generations will put you forward for sainthood, all of your imperfections and all. And be saint to one another in service, in giving, in community, in all that God has called you to do, rise to the sainthood that is our hope. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.